February 6, 2023, we're in Masechet Betza, Andaf Daled Amud Aleph. We count down in the widest lines, it's three lines down, three words onto the line. The Gemara begins with Itmar. Itmar means it was said in the Midrash. The following debate arose in the Midrash. Shabbat Yom Tov. It's a circumstance situation which at this point we're already very familiar with. Shabbat, which leads into Yom Tov, or Yom Tov, which leads into Shabbat. It's an extended holiday weekend. In such a circumstance, if there's the birth of an egg, and we're still talking about that, what's going to be the status of that egg, that Beitzah Shenilda, on day one, and in turn, on day two? What I mean by that is if born on Shabbat, what's its status on Yom Tob as well, the second day? If it's born on Yom Tob, the first day, what would its status be on the second day if it was Shabbat? Rav Amar, Nolda Bezeh Asura Bezeh, Verbi Yohanan Amar, Nolda Bezeh Muteret Bezeh. It was a mahloka between Rav and Rabbi Yohanan. According to Rav, uh, even though born on the day beforehand, and now you're holding on the second of those days, Shabbat into Yom Tob, you're on Yom Tob, Yom Tob into Shabbat, you're on Shabbat. Nonetheless, Nolda Bezeh, Asura Bezeh, for one reason or another. We'll have to address in a moment or two. Rabbi Yohanan disagrees. Rabbi Yohanan says if it's Nolda Bezo, uh, maybe on the day that it's born it'll be forbidden, for one of several reasons we've discussed in the Gemara. But on the second day, when you finished Yom Tob, when you finished Shabbat, and you're now on the second of the holy days, it would be permitted. Says the Gemara, let's try to break this down briefly with regards to... That's Mahlok Rav and Rabbi Yohanan. Nobody's disagreeing about day one. They're accepting prohibited prohibition. The question is day two. Shabbat into Yom Tob on Yom Tob. Yom Tob into Shabbat on Shabbat. What's the halakha in that circumstance? No. no. There should be no difference in, with regards to it. Says the Gemara. What's that? Two Yom Tobs we're going to deal with in a little bit. At this point, Yom Tob into Shabbat. Uh, and Shabbat into Yom Tob. Nema, perhaps we should suggest, Kasavar Rav Kedusha Ahati. Maybe the reason that Rav said that Nolda Bezo, Asura Bezo, if born on Shabbat, Asura on Yom Tob, if born on Yom Tob, Asura on Shabbat, it's because perhaps his opinion is Kedusha Ahat. Now we've referenced this word, we, we've mentioned this word in the context of Rosh Hashanah about a daf and a half ago, and now we're mentioning it in the context of Shabbat leading into Yom Tob, Yom Tob leading into Shabbat. And just briefly what the words mean, Kiddushah of course means sanctity, Ahat means one. It means halachically speaking, and we'll discuss ramifications in a moment beyond this one, do we envision, well it is one extended holiday weekend, is that all one large day? What's that? Before, before or after? Mm-hmm. Not, not our issue. If it's born on that day, it's not the issue. The issue is you went Shabbat into Yom Tob, Yom Tob into Shabbat. Now, what it means, Kiddusha Ahat, is that we envision this as one large day. Well, if it's envisioned as one large day, no longer does the day have 24 hours, now it has 48 hours. Uh, so then if it's Shabbat and Yom Tob, so therefore if it's born on day one, where everyone's agreeing it's prohibited, you're not allowed to benefit, you're not allowed to eat from that uh, betzah. If it's one large day, extended day, of course it's Asur. That's what the Gemara suggests. Maybe that was Rav's opinion. Rabbi Yohanan disagrees. Rabbi Yohanan says as wonderful and as, as important as it is to observe and to appreciate holy days, uh, they're separate. 
separate. Shabbat and Yom Tov are two separate days, two separate entities. In truth, two separate sanctities in, in the fullest sense, and as a result, it'd be permitted. What other ramifications, before we move onward, would you envision with regards to this Kiddusha Achat Ashtay Kiddushot? Is this just a theoretical question which only applies to Beta? What's that? Hachana will be a separate issue, uh, which we're going to address over here. Um, uh, interesting. Uh, uh, that's what you mean by Hachana. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, Jesse suggests with regards to Yom Tov going into Shabbat, for example, could you cook on Yom Tov going into Shabbat without what we call Eruv Tavshilin? Important question. Uh, beyond that, the Gemara Masechet Eruvin, Taflamid Vav Zon, talks about uh, what's called Eruv Tehumin. Eruv Tehumin is uh, either from the, initially we assume that it's from the Torah, there's a prohibition. I was actually from this past week's parasha, not being Yosei Ishmi Mekomobi Yom HaShabbat. You're not allowed to go outside of the city dwelling limits, uh, 2,000 Amah. That's the Halacha from the Torah on Shabbat, nothing to do with carrying, nothing to do with anything else. You're just not allowed to travel out on Shabbat. You have to stay in your place. Now, uh, the, the Hachamim explain at great length in Masechet Eruvin that what you can do, it's not per se a loophole, it's a def- definitive statement, is that Besofat uh, Hum. So again, I, I walked all the way outside of the inhabited area of New York City and I went. 1,999 amah out. And then I established before the Shabbat, before holiday, that as my, well not primary, but my dwelling place. I placed food and uh, sustenance in that place. I came back home, I enjoyed the day with my family, but I have plans to go uh, visit my uh, Auntie Renee on the second day, or on the, later in the day. Right? So that's, that's my vision. So I left that over there at the end of the Tomo. Are we following? So again, here's my New York City, and then I have my 2,000 Amah around it in a circle. At the end of that 2,000 Amah, I left in one direction, I left some food. To, in order to designate, that's really where I'm hanging out this Shabbat. As a result, I'm now I get an extension extended space from that where I left that food. Do you follow? What's that? Another 2,000 amat. Now that being the case, well I have Shabbat and Yom Tov, and I say myself the following, I say it's Shabbat leading into Yom Tov, Yom Tov leading into Shabbat. I say on day one I'd like to visit Auntie Renee, she lives to the east of New York. On day two I'd like to visit Auntie Rochelle, she lives to the west of New York. So what I'll do before the holiday, before Shabbat, is I'll place one in one direction, say that's for day one, and day two I'll place my Eruv Tehumin in the other direction, in the west. Am I allowed to do that or not? Well, that'll be dependent on this issue. If we assume it's Kedusha Ahad, Shabbat, and Yom Tov, one leading into the next, there's no splitting it up. What is your dwelling place for this 48-hour day? In the east or in the west? If alternatively it's Sheteh Kedushot, I'd be able to do that. That's what we're about to reference that context very briefly. But okay, back to our Gemara. Why is it being mentioned in our Gemara? Again, Mahlok between Rav and Rabbi Yohanan. What's the status of Shabbat leading into Yom Tov, Yom Tov leading into Shabbat? If there's the birth of an egg on the first of those two days, is it permitted on the second? First day, everyone's agreeing, Asur. Is it the second day? So the Gemara suggests that Mahlokit is dependent upon how they conceptualize, how they understand this unit. Is it two units or one unit? Rav, who says Asur, must be envisioning it as one unit. It can't be, says the Gemara, because elsewhere would you know it in Masechet Eruvin, in the context that I just discussed with you, where you're placing your Eruv Tehumin, 
the statement of Rav, Ha'amar Rav, Halacha Ka'arba'a Zekenim, Ve'alibadir Bili'ezer, lots of names for elderly in the name of Rabili Ezer. If you look in Masechet Iruvin, which is being cited over here, their statement is, De'amar, She'tekedushotin. Uh, we envision it as Shabbat and Yom Tov. Yom Tov and Shabbat as two separate entities. And therefore, you could have two separate Eruve Tehomin, go to Anti Rochelle on one day and Anti Renee on the other day. Uh, that being the case, Rav would be inconsistent. On the one hand, he's telling you by one ramification, Eruve Tehomin Shete Kedushot. Shabbat and Yom Tov don't link up to make a 48 hour period. It's 24 and it's 24, so to speak. On the other hand, if you're telling me that's the interpretation to his words over here, I have a blatant contradiction. He told me no. Rather, says the Gemara, that's not what the debate between Rav and Rabbi Yohanan was really all about. It's rather about an altogether different issue, and it's an old issue at this point for us. It's what we learned all the way back on Dafbet. It's called Hachana de Rabbah. Remember, Rabbah's statement also derived from Pasuk this past week's parasha. So the statement in the Torah is the beginning of God turns to Moshe and he tells him about the man on the sixth day before Shabbat. They'll prepare that which they're going to be involved with on the day of Shabbat. Rabbah derived from that this halakha called hachana, which means both with regards to mine and your action, as well as natural, godlike action, any item which is going to be used on the day of Shabbat, on the day of Yom Tov, needed to be prepared on the quote unquote sixth day of the week, on a day which is whole, on a day which is not sanctified. And therefore, in our circumstance, when the egg is birthed on day one of this extended holiday weekend, that day one was not whole. It was not a weekday. And therefore, the understanding is you didn't have the appropriate hachana. It wasn't prepared during the week. Again, conceptually, this as well, I think we could appreciate. The idea of the Torah, according to Rabbah, is as you enter into an important time, matters need to be settled and set up beforehand. You prepared the party, it's not a last minute item. The meeting was fully staged and choreographed before you sat down with the important being or person that is over here, being HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the idea in turn is, that's why Rav says that Shabbat into Yom Tob, Yom Tob into Shabbat is Asur both days. First day, we understand the Betzah but even on the second day, you're lacking Hachana, you didn't prepare appropriately. Ela, rather, perhaps the Mahlog between Rav and Rabbi Yohanan is, Hacha means here, Behachana de Rabbah kamiflege. Hachana de Rabbah, again, those are those words, the preparation, which is derived from Pasuk in the Torah, according to Rabbah, kamiflege. That's what Rav and Rabbi Yohanan, as we began the day, are disputing or disagreeing about. Rav it le Hachana de Rabbah. Rav maintains this concept known as Hachana de Rabbah, and therefore, if the item was not prepared on a weekday, it's prohibited. Shabbat into Yom Tov, it's going to be Asur on Yom Tov. Yom Tov into Shabbat, it's going to be Asur on Shabbat. Verbi Yohanan, let le Hachana de Rabbah. Yohanan disagrees. He reads the Pasuk. I assume he reads it as a description of how the man fell for us in the desert. Nothing more, nothing less. I, you know, I, that's, that's my imagination. I, think, I don't think that's too hard to argue. So uh, there is, very briefly, 20 seconds, there is a Musar with regards to this. 
the Torah as well, as I mentioned, the Torah as well furthermore talks about, and we've mentioned in Rashi earlier in Amasechet, that Moshe turns to the people and he says, prepare your man before Shabbat. The concept of man is uh, portrayed by the Torah in this past week's parasha as a, a Shabbat activity. And the Shabbat activity needs to be dealt with beforehand. My appreciation of the day is oftentimes appreciated, uh, is oftentimes fulfilled specifically in the way I anticipate that Shabbat has a mitzvah of kavod Shabbat, lighting the candles before Shabbat, wearing nice clothing before Shabbat, entering into Shabbat with a talet on as they once, as Yemenites until today do, uh, the anticipation of the day oftentimes, or of the event, uh, leads into uh, the appreciation of the event itself. I mean, we know this. Some of us, certainly my wife knows this, preparing and, and planning for trips. The trip is appreciated best when it was planned before, and the spontaneity is exciting, it's important uh, to a certain extent, but you appreciate it most when it was forth, when, when there was thought beforehand, when it was put into it. Anyway, that being the case, the Gemara says, Rav and Rabbi Yohanan, that's their mahluk. It says the Gemara, it's not just Rav and Rabbi Yohanan, early uh, Emoraim, it's also Tanaim. Emoraim means rabbis from the Gemara, Tanaim means rabbis from the Mishnah. Ketanae, in truth, the rabbis from the time of the Mishnah already disputed, they disagreed about this issue. If it's Shabbat into Yom Tob, Yom Tob into Shabbat, what's the status of the egg on day two? Nolda Shabbat. So the first opinion recorded here in this Beraita is that it's permitted. Shabbat into Yom Tov, Yom Tov into Shabbat. The second day is going to be permitted. The statement alternatively of Biuda and the name Bili Ezer is not so fast. The same Mahloka, the same dispute we had in our Mishnah between Beit Shammai and Beit Hilel. On the first day when it's born on Yom Tov, what's the status? Applies as well to Shabbat into Yom Tov and Yom Tov into Shabbat. If it was born on Shabbat, you can eat it on the second day at the very least, Yom Tov. Beit Hilel disagrees. Right, the fact of the Rabbi Ezer is recording the opinion of Beit Hilel, which, it's, which is so that it's Asur. Rabbi Ezer, generally speaking, is Shamuti. Maybe Rabbi Ezer. It's possible Rabbi Ezer himself would maintain that it's Mutar, but he's at the very least presenting the opinion of Beit Hilel as well. Yeah, yeah which is not which is not bad. But it's not fully prepared. It's not fully prepared. In other words, that's all, that was only grounds for potential, ironically, more prohibition. The fact that it wasn't. But over here, the fact that it's not fully completed beforehand, right? If I follow, that's what makes it Asur. Says the Gemara, a brief story, a little anticlimactic, won't have much action, but it'll be relevant to this halakha. Uh, the Gemara says, Ushpiz Zachneh. And Ushbizin, at this point, I guess the movie made it famous, right? It's the host. Ushbizin are the guests. Ushbazichne is the host of Deravadabarahava. For a holiday, a Shabbat weekend, for one reason, maybe he's visiting his children, I don't know. For one reason or another, maybe it's his in laws is visiting, he's, uh, he's being hosted and the circle. 
I take that back. It's very possible it was his landlord. Okay, regardless, he has a person who's hosting him or who owns his home. Havule, this individual had hanach betzim. He had some eggs. Mi yom tov le Shabbat. Oh, that's our case. It was born on Yom Tov, and now you're holding on Shabbat, and now it's a question on Shabbat. Atale Kameh, he comes in front of Ravada Barahava to question. Can I enjoy these eggs now? They were born yesterday. Is it permitted today? Amar le He says, they were born today on Yom Tov. Can I today fry them? and eat them tomorrow. I know I can't eat them today. You explain to me that. Can I fry them today? After all, I'm allowed to eat on Yom Tov. I'm allowed to do melachot for eating on Yom Tov. I'll fry them today. I won't be able to fry them tomorrow on Shabbat. Is that permitted? Again, they're born on Yom Tov. He knocks on Ravada Barahava's door. He approaches him and says to him, can I today do my necessary preparation of the food so that I'll eat it tomorrow on Shabbat? I know I can't eat it today. Uh, the question, Ravada Barahava, says, you seem to be quite the scholar. Apparently, your opinion is, uh, forget about the cooking for a second, your opinion must be that it's going to be permitted, period. Why would you think that it's permitted, period, tomorrow? Because earlier, just at the beginning of our class today, we recorded a mahloke, Rav and Rabbi Yohanan. What's the halakha on the second one? Yes, remember? Rav said Asur. Rabbi Yohanan said Mutar. The general principle in Talmud is when you have a mahluk between Rav and Rabbi Yohanan, the halakha is like Rabbi Yohanan. Oh, fantastic. Says this host, says this landlord of Ravada Barahava, in his mind, and Ravada Barahava calls him out on it, you must think that this is permitted. It's permitted on Yom Tov. It was born on Shabbat. It's going to be permitted on Yom Tov. Why would you think so? Rabbi Yohanan, we're going to follow his opinion. Let's grant your position for a moment. Let's assume tomorrow on Yom Tov, it will be permitted to use this egg. Are you allowed to handle that egg today? It's born on Shabbat. It's mukseh on Shabbat. So as much as you might be able, excuse me, on Yom Tov, as much as you might be able to enjoy it on Shabbat, what are you gonna do with it on this day? Do you follow Nathan? In other words, it's born on Yom Tov. On the day of Yom Tov, Beit Hillel told us, no dabi Yom Tov, it's Azur. So he says to him, what's that? I'm sorry, did I say it the opposite way? Yes, if I did, I scratch it from the record. No, no, no. Born on Yom Tov, he wants to prepare it for Shabbat the next day. That's right. But he knows he can't eat it on Yom Tov. Why can't he eat it? It's Ashen Why does he assume he could eat it on Shabbat? Well, halacha kirbi ochanan, that if it's born on one, one he wants to know, can he prepare it as well? Amar says, Ravada Barahava, back to him, what's your logic going into this question? It seems to be, your logic started like this, Rav Rabbi Ochanan, when I pit Rav against Rabbi Ochanan in halacha questions, halacha kirbi ochanan. First and foremost, you must have assumed you're allowed to eat it on Shabbat the next day. Why? Because halacha kirbi ochanan. But I'll tell you, even according to Rabbi Yohanan, your question is, uh, is more severe than you believe. Even Rabbi Yohanan only permitted He would permit, yes, it's born on Yom Tov. On Shabbat, you could swallow it. You could uh, have a raw egg. 
why not cook it on Yom Tov? What's the problem of cooking on Yom Tov? Aval biyome, on the day of Yom Tov itself? No, it's prohibited. It's mukseh on the day of Yom Tov itself. Nobody at any point disputed that point. That's our Mishnah at the very beginning of the Masechet. If it's a besa, shinoda biyom tov, it's asur. That's the halakha of Betilel. Maybe. Our assumption is we're following Betilel, apparently. Bet Shammai would permit, indeed, indeed. Vehatanya, uh, and indeed we have a Beraita which accords with this statement. Ahat betza shenolda b'Shabbat, ve'ahat betza shenolda b'Yom Tov. The Beraita says, irrespective of whether it was born on Shabbat leading into Yom Tov or Yom Tov leading into Shabbat, again an extended holiday weekend. En metaltelin ota on the day on which it's born. You may not carry it. You can't use it in order to cover utensils. And not to support the legs of a bed on it. Period. Right, so that's the statement here in the Beraita. And that in turn was the Pesach Alachav Ravada Barahava. Mars Benin's not here today. He's away on business matters. However, he texted me yesterday a whole slew of informative uh, descriptions of Ostrich eggs. Everybody should be aware that ostrich eggs are very, very strong. So the concept, as much as I made it, perhaps they were great physicists and knew how to put the egg in a way that it wouldn't break. He said it's quite simply an ostrich egg, which until, as per his research, 19th century was very prevalent, both in Bavil and in Eretz Israel. In turn, when we talk about supporting a bed with the egg or an egg with the bed, we're talking about very possibly ostrich eggs. I mean, it's not so far-fetched in my mind to talk about ostrich eggs being something they had. Go no further than Bet Yosef Synagogue in, uh, in Deal. There's an ostrich egg they have from Batek, from synagogues in Halab, if I'm not mistaken, maybe in Damascus, where apparently they used to, for one reason or another, hang an ostrich egg. Knis and I might still have, they still have, they certainly used to have an ostrich egg hanging from the ceiling. Uh, so ostrich eggs apparently uh, were something, although not being kosher, apparently were something that was used. Okay, continues the Gemara. Uh, so now we're dealing with uh, the host of Rav Papa. Alternatively, it was just a guy. Okay, either way, details for us not significant. De Atalika Medirav Papa, he too came in front of Rav Papa with a halacha question in these sorts of situations. What was his question? Havule Hanach Besim, he had some eggs. Mishabbat Leom Tob, exactly our type of situation. Born on Shabbat and now it's on Yom Tob. Or it's born on Shabbat and he wants to know what's the halacha going to be on Shabbat. Atalekame, he comes in front of Rav Papa to ask him about their status, their permissibility, what's going to be the halacha on Yom Tov. So he's asking the question on Yom Tov of Rav Papa. It's significant for the brief detail here. Amar le, mahu le His question is not about preparation per se, as we talked about a moment ago. He doesn't want to know mahu itvinhu to fry them today for tomorrow. Can I eat them tomorrow? That's all he wants to know. Can I eat from these eggs which are born on Yom Tov tomorrow on Shabbat? I know I can't today. Can I eat them tomorrow? Amar le responds, Rav Papa, zil ha'idna. Please, get out of here right now. Walk right now. Vetal come back tomorrow. 
Oh, what do you mean? I can't ask you the question. Is a problem with it? Something I said, Rabbi? It explains the Gemara or explained Rav Papa in that context. Rav Papa learned this from the practice of Rav. You see, the way it used to work was on the holidays, much as today. Uh, uh, the Rabbi would have a derasha. He would have a derasha beyond. Maybe he didn't at all, the speech in Knees. He would have a halachashio. And the halachashio would be about the halachot of the day. Rav, after the meal on Yom Tov, would not give a class. Uh, specifically, the words over here is lo moke emora ilave. They used to have someone who would project their voice. Rav would turn to the metor geman. He would say to him, tell everyone that Yom Tob is a day for rejoicing. And the person would yell out, Yom Tob is a day for rejoicing, and so on and so forth. Rav didn't do that on Yom Tob. Why didn't he do it on Yom Tob? Mishum shichrut. He had a fear. He just drank in the meal. It's Yom Tob. And as a result, he wouldn't be able to properly make judgments in halakha. Rav himself. The understanding of Rashi is it's Rav himself who fears. People are going to listen. Maybe they'll get a little confused. They're going to be confused anyway. Rav himself, I'm making that up. Rav himself, says Rashi, based on a Gemara Masechet Keritut, understood that the halakha is that you're not allowed to make judgment calls when you're in a state of intoxication. It makes a lot of sense. You don't need, per se, a halakha in the Torah. But it is a halakha in the Torah. Ya'in v'shechar al-tesht is not only a halakha with regards to not be doing worship in the Mikdash, it's furthermore halakha uh, with regards to lehorot et b'nei Israel. Deen cannot be determined, cannot be set forth when a person is intoxicated. We read about this in Masechet Sanhedrin a bit as well. Well, that being the case, says Rav Papa, the wrong time. I've just finished my meal. I'm in the middle of my meal. I can't deal with halakha right now. I might feel, what's that? Derasho, we are reading what they're quoting, Hatam Sofer, yes, uh, the, the, indeed, as Jared, I think it's, they say it from Hatam Sofer, as I recall, Jared points out, yeah, well, all I talked about was Lehorot at Bnei Sel, it's Halakha that was a problem. So, Ya Haram, does that mean Yom Tov, there were no classes? It means I get off on Yom Tov, it's a fantastic thing, I'm off all the afternoon, no class, because I can't do it properly. Alternatively, what some of the Aharonim point out is this is a problem with regards to Pesach Halakha, doesn't mean they weren't making Derashot, it doesn't mean they weren't uh, giving a nice story, some interpretation to Pesukim. It was halakha that's asur in that context. But for our purposes, Rav Papa says, zil ha'idna, go right now, veta, and come back, lemahar. Why not? I'm uncomfortable doing this. Okay. Says the Gemara, ki ata lemahar, when this person, ha'u gavra, or the ushpi zikhna, comes the next day, amar le, says Rav Papa, initially says, echu hashata ishtalai. He says, the truth is, had I yesterday judged and given a Pesach halacha, I would have forgotten the proper halacha. In other words, he's extolling his decision to not answer the question the day before by saying, I don't think I was very clear yesterday. Your question required a little concentration on my behalf, which I wouldn't have had in the state that I was in because I had drunk. I, I had drunk, I don't think he was intoxicated to inebriation, but I wasn't clear, I wasn't lucid and to, to be posek halacha. What I would have told you yesterday, had I not been clear when I was not clear, I would have imagined that the halacha, remember the question now, back to the issue of when this egg was 
was born on Yom Tov, can I now eat it on Shabbat? I would have said that our general principle in Talmud, as I mentioned to you two, three minutes ago, I did to you, the halakha is Rav Rabbi Yohanan. That's the halakha, that's the way it works. I would have told you yesterday, Rav Rabbi Yohanan, halakha Rabbi Yohanan. I would have told you, enjoy the egg tomorrow. It's Yom Tov, it was born today. Sahtin, tomorrow you can have a beautiful egg meal with this egg. That's what I would have said. It makes sense. Generally speaking, that's the principle of Pesach. Rav Rabbi Yochanan, the same way Beit Hillel versus Beit Shammai, Halakha ke Beit Hillel. Same way Rava versus Abaye, generally speaking, Halakha ke Rava. So too, Rav Rabbi Yochanan, Halakha ke Rav. Hakir Rabbi Yochanan, I would have told you that yesterday. But now that I'm clear today, and I waited, and instead of answering immediately when I wasn't as clear, Ha'ama Rava, now I remember what Rava's statement is. Hilcheta kavate de Rav behane telat ben lekula ben lechumra. There are three exceptions to the rule where we don't follow to be Ohanan, we follow, rather follow the opinion of Rav. This is one of those three cases, would you know it? And as a result, I would have been permitting for you something which was really prohibited. What are the other two cases? We'll learn about these later on. Rashi already references it for us. It's a situation of a two day Yom Tov and a two-day Rosh Hashanah. What's the halakha of the Beitzah on the second of those two days? What's, what's the logic? Hachana de Rabbah is what we said. Since it wasn't Mukhan from Hol, as a result it's Asur. That's what the Gemara said earlier. Initially we thought it was maybe because of Kedusha Ahat, and then the Gemara said it's not, so it's because of Hachana de Rabbah. I Right, but this item, when we talk about hachanah, a little bit more, a little bit more specific, and the item was not around on a weekday, and so since it wasn't around on a weekday, it was born on Yom Tov. I can't have it on Shabbat afterwards. It had to have been born. Same thing, Shabbat into Yom Tov. Same thing, you know that's. Yes. So then, of course, it's asur. That's what the Gemara made clear for us. If there's one long day and it's born on at any of the, on the first of those two days, it's Asur on the day it's born. That's Beit Hillel. It's our Mishnah at the beginning of the Masechet. Rosh Hashanah might be different. Yom Tov Sheni might be different. We'll deal with those. Rab, I'll just sneak preview. Rab is going to be Mekil on Yom Tov Sheni. He's going to be Mahmir on Rosh Hashanah. Correct. 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 It's own issue. Alright, says the Gemara, Amar Biohanan. Now now that we're addressing the opinion of Rabbiohanan, let's deal further with Rabbiohanan in our sorts of context. If there's wood branches that fell off of a palm tree. I know we don't live next to palm trees, but imagine the case, not so far-fetched. You have a palm tree in your backyard, it's windy, and a branch falls off of it. So what would be the problem? So I would have had to have had the wood before Shabbat and not been on the tree. Correct. 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 Mukseh issue. Now what do I want to do with it? Now what do I want to do with it? It fell on Shabbat, the wood, that's right. Jared says well, all we're really doing in this statement at this point is we're just reiterating, but not even because we're reiterating what we said earlier with regards to the Betzah. We talked about a Betzah, Shinolda, Biyom Tob, 
What's the status on Shabbat? What's the status on Yom Tov? Rabbi Yohanan's opinion. Let's remember for a moment. What did Rabbi Yohanan tell us? If it was born on day one, it's permitted on day two. We're going to imagine then that if the branches fell off of the tree, I can use on Shabbat, on Yom Tov, I should be able to use it for my firewood. Right? Why not? What would the distinction be? Why is there no Gezerah? You only have that with fruits. So it's a, apparently not. Food is something that a person thinks more about. Food is something that's more rare. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure of the details, but that's 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 what it's got to be. Says the Gemara, "Mar biYohanan Eitzim Shenashlum in Adekel b'Shabbat Asur lehasikan biYom Tov." It's prohibited, says Rabbi Yohanan, to now use them to light fire. On Yom Tov. Wait a second. You're not being consistent. He himself answers that question. Don't respond to me. Don't say to me. But wait a second, Rabbi. You told us that if an egg is born on Shabbat, it's permitted on Yom Tov. Uh, so why is why Rabbi Yohanan himself? It's Rabbi Yohanan who's speaking to us. What's the reason that Betzah is different? Uh, lots of words. We'll break them down right now. I couldn't stop in the middle there. Okay, so the statement goes like this. The halakha, again, with regards to an egg on Shabbat or on Yom Tob, uh, when it's born on that day, when it's born on the day, um, in such a circumstance it's born, what are you really going to do with that egg on the day that it's born? At best, at best, you would be swallowing the egg, right? But you would be able to swallow the egg. So let's follow the words of here. mishum de on the day on which it fell. What day did it fall on? Shabbat. You would be able to swallow it. But nonetheless, the rabbis are telling you, it's only permitted adle mahar. So again, Rabbi Yohanan says, in my case of the egg, when it was born on Shabbat, on, your, on, on Shabbat or on Yom Tov, on that day, technically speaking, you would be able to swallow it, but I told you, you can only use it the next day. If that's the case already, meda people have the knowledge and understand debat yoma asura. They understand that if I'm saying to them, on the day on which it's born, don't touch it. They understand that it's prohibited on that day. Why do they understand it's prohibited on that day? Because they listen to you and they say, I could, I, I, I walk up to you and I say, hey, Rabbi, I have this egg which is born. Can I eat it now? No, no, not now, but you could eat it tomorrow. Their understanding then is it's prohibited on the day that it's born. That's in contradistinction to the tree. The tree, on the day on which they're there, they're, on the, they're connected to the tree, they're permitted for nothing. They're straight up, and everybody understands that. They're asur. Ishare lehu lemahar. If the rabbis say, if Rabbi Yohanan says to you, but you can use it tomorrow on Yom Tov in order to light your fire, 
people will now assume it was really permitted yesterday as well. You don't follow? Again, the difference goes like this. What's that? The first day. I'm sorry. Yeah, I meant, I meant the first day. In other words, the concept goes like this. Whereas eggs are edible and usable on the day on which they're born, and the rabbis nonetheless say, but you're only allowed to eat it tomorrow, the understanding of the people then is that it was prohibited on day one. The rabbi said, you're not allowed to eat it. The trees which on the day on which they're there initially, they weren't permitted anyway. It's not as if the person says to himself, oh, but the rabbis told me I can't eat, I can't use it on this day. The branches to the egg. And so as a result, the branches on that day are connected to the tree. And so as a result, the egg was born on the first day. The, 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 egg, the egg, egg was born because on that day. Because the wood, you would have wanted the wood, you would have took it down before, before the time, before Shabbat. But once it's on the branch, it's muqseh, it's clear, it's clearly out. And as a result, as a result, the people will say to themselves, the only reason why on day one I wasn't using it for firewood, the only reason I didn't use it on day one was because it was Shabbat and there was a technicality. It means the next time a holiday rolls around and the branch falls off the tree, I'm going to pick it up and use it for lighting a fire. That's prohibited. So again, so fundamentally explains to Hanan, of course not on Shabbat. The assumption of the person is the only reason I couldn't use it on day one was because it was Shabbat. I do not, because it was Shabbat. That's what he says to himself. He says, the only reason I couldn't use it for lighting fire is because of Shabbat, without realizing that it was Muqseh, as opposed to a Besah. Betzah, when it's born on day one, even on Shabbat, I could be eating it. What am I going to do with it? It's not like firewood, or what am I going to do with it on day one? What's that? Separate issue. Separate issue. But again, just to state it in, in a sentence, because I don't know if I said it clearly enough, Rabbi Yohanan distinguishes, he makes a gezerah, he distinguishes between the betzah and the etzim shenashlu. He says, whereas the betzah on day one, Shabbat, you technically speaking could have eaten from it, and the rabbis say, don't eat from it, but eat from it tomorrow. So I said, Rabbi Yohanan, it's not confusing. They understand. The people understand. You and I understand. Day one, the rabbis told you, you can't eat it. That much we understand. The trees, which on day one, anyway, it was la hazu. There was nothing you could have been doing with it. The person says to himself, technically speaking, this should have been okay. The only reason I wasn't able to use it was because of Shabbat. Not because the rabbis told me it's called something called hachana. It's because it's Shabbat. You can't light a fire on Shabbat. You're not able to use it in order to kindle any fire on Shabbat. If it, mean, it means then next year when it's Yom Tov or next holiday and a, a branch falls off the tree, I'll say to myself, oh, that's permitted. Well, why do you say it's permitted? Because last time when it happened, the rabbi said it was permitted on Yom Tov. The only reason it wasn't permitted on Shabbat, and we'll make these sorts of calculations, because it was Shabbat. But if it was Yom Tov, it would have been permitted even on day one, without realizing there's a problem with regards to Aitzim Shenashru of Mukseh as well. Baruch Adonai Amen.